All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hi, are you ready? Hi, I am so ready. I'm ever ready. Okay, good. Because we're going to talk about not your drinking, but your generation's drinking. (laughs) Yeah, we we're really the bad generation for everything. We're going Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about grandma wine culture. And yes, it is a thing. I've always known that the baby boomers drinking is on the rise. They are not embracing this alcohol-free lifestyle. They're not embracing sober curiosity. And we can get into that and the stats and what they tell us. But I guess I just didn't put it together 
that now that means that there is grandma wine culture. And I saw a reel. It was mommy wine culture, but just swap that mom out for her mom. And it was uh. the grandma making a reel, which I can't imagine Mom, like, I can't imagine you being an influencer and like you making reels and like, mom doesn't even know what, do you know what a reel is, mom? Uh, yes, I do know what a reel is. But you mean, uh, you're, okay. you're saying that old women were making a reel, like extolling the great alcohol thing, not a reel about stopping? Right. No, no, no. It was the grandma who was popping open a bottle of wine and it said oh. something about how necessary this is when I watch my granddaughter and who was a baby who was Ooh. climbing around and playing with her toys at her feet. Oh, my and so it was yeah. literally grandma wine culture. Now the grandmas are saying, okay, in order to watch my grandbabies, I need a highly addictive poisonous toxin. Yikes. I know there's so there's just so much here. I don't know if anyone has called it grandma wine culture, but that's what I'm calling it because first of all, yeah. LOL, right? I mean it <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Let's just it just yes. sounds batshit crazy, which it is. It does. But that's what it is. So I just Googled grandma wine culture and I was like, is this a thing? It all just comes up mommy wine culture, but there it also does come oh, up really? like so it comes up the not grandma wine culture, but like Hallmark sells a wine glass that says, I'm the fun grandma, you know, because the oh, fun gosh. grandma is the one who's, who's, you know, the drinking her feelings and stumbling around. Right. Oh, man. And, you know, this is, I always say, this is not to judge. This is to explore and figure out what the hell is going on. And then also I brought the resident therapist on today to talk about what if your mom, if you're listening to this, what if your mom is in grandma wine culture? And what does that mean for you? And how do we deal with that? And all of the things that go into it. So mom, grandma wine culture. Oof. My first thought on this is as a grandma, I mean, I'm not drinking. And even when I was two years ago, I wasn't drinking a lot and certainly never when I was babysitting. But we are already at sort of a disadvantage with our age. So I'm 70 yeah. and, you know, I babysit your kids like three days in a row, three kids, three days in a row. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a relentless there. You have to be on your toes all of the yeah. time. And I just can't and imagine And that's even being... with older kids, right? They're not three babies. They're not, it's like that's even right. with older kids. It's just, yeah, it takes its toll. It's demanding. Yes. yes. And if you were impaired or compromised by drinking, it just seemed like all kinds of a bad idea. Right. And, you know, I wonder that the grandma who made that real, which, and I've talked about this before, influencers who make those reels aren't actually drinking. And so I wonder if she made that as like a cheeky, like, isn't this so funny and relatable? But also like how how does her daughter feel or her son feel looking at that, seeing their yeah. little baby crawling all around with their mom drinking, right? With the daughter or son's mom drinking. I mean, oh my God, there's so much there. Should we first talk about the boomer generation, which is now you guys do find yourselves in the grandparent role. Right. What do we know about the baby boomer generation like overall, mom? 
<laughs> you know, if you talk to your brother about this, he would just say all kinds of bad things. No, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's so disdainful of the boomers. <laughs> I saw you look at me like it was a trap. Like you're like, what yeah. you want me to tell you about the boomer? Oh. No, but like the boomer generation, I don't think this is like you guys didn't go to therapy. <laughs> you should no. have. And we were the <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were not. We, yeah. We were mental health carriers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we didn't address our own mental health. Well, okay. So if you just look at, of course, generally speaking, we were self-indulgent. We were the yeah. first ones to really be a drug culture. But you might not have been the first drug culture because certainly there was drugs before that. But you were the first, like, the ones to embrace it openly, right? So it was the generation before you was doing drugs and they were drinking, but it was all hush-hush. Everything was hush-hush. You think about the Christmas story, Dad, and it's like the era of we're not going to talk about anything, right? And so yes. like if 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 Dad's drunk or if Grandpa's drunk, oh, they're just tired or oh, they're just – like we're just not going to talk about it. Like we'll just pretend. And so you guys then were more like, hey, let's do drugs and be proud about it. Right. That's right. It was free everything, free love, which created such a STD, you know, just a uh, tsunami yeah. of STDs. Everything was just free and easy and just do it all the time. And no matter what, I really sort of missed all that because I got married young. So I didn't get into all the, you know, free everything and drugs and all of that. But my generation surely did. I don't know if we were more into drugs or alcohol. But certainly in Wisconsin, you know, the sort of beer culture. And, and actually, when right. I was 18, there was such a thing as beer bars. There were beer bars you could go to when you were 18. And then when yeah. you were 21, you could go to the bars that served the hard stuff. It was just like a little kitty bar. <laughs> right. Even in Wisconsin, you can drink with your, with your parent. Even You don't even have – you could be 14 as long as your parent's there. Yes. Yes, that is insane. Yes, it is insane. So drinking was a part of our culture and not being cognizant of emotional health, not being cognizant of certainly going to therapy was very rare, was not part of the culture. In fact, that makes me think of early therapy in the 60s. There was a lot of free love therapy, you know, like you're having sex with your therapist. And I mean, it was, oh, wow. it was just like, try everything. And yeah, yeah, that was a big, no consequences, that, you know, right? No, just, just whatever you wanted to do. Divorce rate was high. It was just like, yes. well, no, we want to feel good. There are no consequences. There is no future. There's here and now. And, and it's, let's just keep it moving. Right. Yeah, right. And so now we're old. <laughs> well, you said I didn't I didn't say that. You're not old, mom. <laughs> well, we are. And one of the things I just went to a conference a few years ago and they were talking about elderly drinking and how it is just totally on the increase. And it's undiagnosed, it's oh, underdiagnosed, it's underestimated and it's undertreated because the older people are just not we're not saying it, you know, we're just sort of hiding it. It's easy. You can blame somebody, grandma's tipsy. You can blame it on a medical issue or something. But that's shifting then if you're seeing reels about how great drinking is for the for the old people. That's shifting. They're not hiding it. Right. They're really like leaning into the 
oh, great, we can glorify alcohol. I'm reading an article here yeah. in The Guardian. I'll link it in the show notes. It is talking about why why are baby boomers drinking so much? But it sounds like you guys kind of always were drinking. It was the rock and roll generation too. Like you really leaned into drinking as a generation. And so then yeah. it makes sense that you would continue drinking into old age. Why? Because alcohol is addictive, right? And so it's that old notion of I'm not this, and so I'm okay. I haven't lost this, and so there's nothing to right. see. It's the rock bottom lie. You know, I think that that generation is very – yeah, they're not going to look at their drinking. <laughs> they're just not going to look at it. How old are boomers? Let's see. How old are boomers now? Greatest generation, born 1901, silent generation. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, that there was a silent generation, born 1925 to 1945. Oh, that would be grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Baby boomers, wow. born 1946 to 1964. Oh, okay. And I'm right in the thick of that because I was born in 53. So the youngest boomer is 60, turning 60. Right. Yeah. Gen X, born 1965 to 1980. I am the youngest Gen X. Thank yes. you. Or I'm the eldest millennial, but I'm not. Millennials, 1981 to 1996. Yeah. Generation Z, 1997 to 2012. Generation Alpha, 2013 to 2025. What? Alpha? That's the kids' generation. That's now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're 60 to 80 right now. And man, like to think of an 80-year-old binge drinking. Also, they're not just talking about – these articles are not just talking about like baby boomers are drinking. They're talking about like Binge drinking is on the rise in baby boomers. Mm. Binge drinking is on a decline in, I think, every other age group except for baby boomers, wow. which is really hard when Gen X and millennials are having babies, <laughs> right? Yes. And so it is kind of like a, hold on, you guys, wait, we need you now. We need, you're part of our village and you're leaning into this binge drinking thing. It's a really scary dynamic. You know, I'm trying to think about why would boomers be, well, one thing is because we have been the self-indulgent generation and do what we want to do. And why would that stop when you're retired, you've paid your dues, now you're just going to do whatever you want to do, even more than you always have. So there might mm -hmm. be that too. I wonder also if there's this sort of despair about all mm. that has gone and there's you have far more behind you than ahead of you and so yeah. if you've always been a drinker then increasing that go-to makes a lot of sense that there are a couple of different motivators one is you're free and you can do whatever you want the other is like what's left and is this all there is kind of a feeling yeah but then that yeah then how does that fit with i'm going to watch my grandkids and drink yeah, right. Okay, so I'm trying to find like, because of course, did I do research before sitting down to record? No, I didn't. <laughs> this isn't that kind of party. I don't come with facts. This is what happens when I research while we're recording is I pull up an article from 2019. 
You know, it's only breaking news here on the Sober Mom Life podcast. You heard it here 10th, okay? <laughs> but the, but in 2019, at least, a study found that one in 10 adults over age 65 are binge drinking. One in 10 adults mm. of baby boomers. Wow. Doesn't that seem like a lot? That's a lot. And binge drinking is drinking five drinks or more on the same occasion for men, four drinks or more on the same occasion for women. So, I mean, yeah. come on. It's in more Wisconsin, than in we 10. don't call that bin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that's about an 88% of boomers are binge drinking in Wisconsin. <laughs> and yeah. they're just calling four that a Wednesday. nothing. <laughs> that's right. right. And, and it's so much worse for us as we're older. I was just looking at you know, like our fat content and all of that stuff changes and how we metabolize our liver and all everything that's affected just with aging without even putting the alcohol part in there. It really affects us so much more. And when you put the alcohol part in there, right? Like, mom, that's why you stopped drinking before you turned 70 because you heard the Huberman Lab podcast and everything that it did to your brain. And uh, I mean, man, as we get older, you, we worry about our brains and alcohol, what it does to our brain, even just a ah, drink is staggering. That was what was such an eye opener for me because I, I always felt like, oh, I've had a couple beers here and there, maybe several times a week, just a couple beers. What's a big deal? I'm, you know, yeah. but listening to the Huberman lab would just turn the lights on the corners for me. It's like, there is no amount that's good, but I, you know, speaking in terms of my cohort, the people that I actually know and hang out with, I have both ends of the spectrum. I have friends who, when one woman, I told her I was quitting. This was, I probably quit a couple months previous. So I've been 15 months or so now, but it was early on. And I just said, yeah, I'm quitting drinking. And she was like, oh my God, why would you do that? She was just Mm. astonished that I would do that. She was like, I'm watching the clock and can't wait till it's five o'clock. And sometimes I don't. She retired, her husband retired. They're just, ugh, she just can't wait to drink. Right. And it's that retirement too, where where the where the yes. the day leaks into the night, leaks into the day, right? And you don't have anywhere to be. You don't have to drive anywhere. Kids are grown. Don't have to get up early. Yeah. It's that idea that drinking is a privilege and like, oh my God, I can't imagine, which that is just so, ugh. That's when I want to just shake everybody and say, no, just try it. Give it a chance. Give it a good chance and just see, right? See what you're missing out on. Yeah. Now, I keep thinking as we get older, we don't need anything to make it harder. You know, why the hell would I make aging worse? And alcohol is just going to make it worse. And I do have a lot of friends when I mention that, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't drink anymore either. You know, it's like not a big deal. They just don't do it anymore either. So, you know, there's both ends of the spectrum. And I do think also we boomers, though we were drug users and self-indulgent, we were also the ones that first started the fitness craze, the Jane Fonda, the running, jogging craze and the health, everything fitness. Yeah. That started with us too. Right. As misguided as it was, (laughs) but you wanted, it was all about striving. (laughs) Well, I mean, right. And it's like low fat and all like all just like aerobics and like not right. right? But it was all about being better. And 
Right. Pain with Jane. The Thigh Master. Oh, RIP. Suzanne Summers. It's interesting. This article from Medium, it says no one's really sure why so many older people are binge drinking, but research is showing that this is causing a huge toll on Western health systems as older people need more hospital and psychiatric care. I mean, that is such an important thing to highlight. When I was in the hospital in the summer, I was talking to one of the nurses. And she said, you know, she had four patients and three of them were in there for alcohol-related issues. And whether that was detoxing, because yes, you can die from detoxing from alcohol. That can kill you. So it's very dangerous. Or, you know, accidents, whatever it is. Like, yes, of course, it has to put a huge toll. And then when you add in kind of a failing body anyway. I mean, yeah. Oh, man. The double whammy and also the the sheer numbers because that's why we were called boomers is cuz it was an explosion of babies being born after World War II. And so, of course, we're we're really putting the healthcare system to the breaking point because there are so many of us. And if we're, you know, killing our bodies with alcohol, then yeah, that's going to really strain the system. And it does say here, alcohol use among older adults is increasing in the U.S., including past month binge alcohol use and AUD with increasing trends among females. And so that's what we're seeing just overall is that females are drinking more. But then when you really narrow it Mm -hmm. down, it is female baby boomers are, are drinking and they are mixing it with benzos, sedatives, opioids. Like, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Do you know, um, I think doctors are prescribing benzos far less than they were early in um, even 10 years ago. They're just Mm -hmm. really resistant, like a Xanax or something like that. They're really resisting that. They used to just hand it out so readily and and forever, you know, but now they're recognizing how very hard it is on the brain and the long lasting negative effects. So I think that is less but sleep aids, you know, Ambien and drinking a little before you go to bed with Ambien. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Bad combos. Yeah. Here it says, and I'll link this article too, the reasons why baby boomers are drinking more. People are living and staying social longer than ever before too. So since 70 is the new 50, alcohol plays a role as a social Yay, lubricant I for like the baby. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Can we pause on that? So that means, <laughs> yeah, so that means I'm 23 and you're 50. That's good. Everybody move down. That's good. I don't want to be 23, but. <laughs> so alcohol plays a role, a role as a social lubricant for the baby boomer generation. And this is true even for those living in assisted care communities. Oh, yes. Yes. Right? And they're the ones who are like having sex and STDs are on the yeah, rise. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. STDs are up. Yes, right. Drinking and having sex in the nursing home. Right. If you've drank all your life and then you're retired and you're still, you are still as social as ever, maybe even more since you're not working, it makes all the sense in the world that you're going to then, your drinking is going to amp up. And as in Annie Grace's book, what we know is if you continue drinking over the course of your life, that line doesn't go down, right? If you're looking at it like a chart, the Y axis is the years you've lived. The X axis, I don't know which one is which, guys, is 
you're drinking and how much you drink, <laughs> right? It is going to climb over the course yeah. of your lifetime. You're not going to drink less as you age. You're just not. Right. If you continue drinking, and that is not a weakness in you, that is nothing you're doing right. wrong, that is just the nature of an addictive substance, right? Right. Unless you have a concrete decision, a volitional decision that I'm not going to do this. If you just aren't paying attention or you're just doing what you've always done, it is going to increase. As you say, that's what the substance does. Right. And what also is part of the conversation is what amount of willpower you are comfortable expending over alcohol, right? Because that is what it takes for it not to continue to creep up and up and up and up and up and to get addicted is it does then take willpower. And some people's threshold for the amount of willpower that they want to spend on this, it's a cost-benefit analysis. And some people say, yes, I am willing to stay in this kind of moderation cycle hell. And first of all, they don't know that you can step out of it. Go listen to that episode because you can no matter Mm -hmm. how old you are. But it takes mental energy and it takes willpower. And sometimes that willpower runs out. And that's what happens when you drink too much and alcohol does its thing. And then you, you know, okay, you reel it back in and then you're going to do better next time. You're going to eat more. You're going to, it was the food. It was the sugar. It was the, all of these things that we make excuses and we give alcohol a really big fucking pass. And so, oh man, but you just think about like, I think about someone who has worked her entire life and, you know, kids are grown up and she's retired mom like you and like, wouldn't it be amazing if she knew, if she just knew that there could be so much more and you don't have to spend those precious, you know, last decades thinking any more about alcohol? Like you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to try to control it. All of that mental energy, those brain cells, like you don't have to do it. And do you know, it occurs to me as we're talking about this too, my generation we are the generation that grew up with AA being the only thing. Okay, you have to yes. say you're an alcoholic as opposed to the shift that's happening now with your generation and the work that you're doing. You don't have to say you're an alcoholic. You don't have to do any of that. You can just say, I don't want to wake up feeling shitty. I don't want to miss out on anything. And that's good enough reason to say, I'm just not going to drink anymore. But my generation would be the really steeped in that idea of, man, if you're quitting drinking, you must have a real problem. Right. You must be a friend of Bill W's. Are you a friend of Bill's? Yeah, Bill W, yeah. It's so funny, too, because, you know, Gen Z loves a label, right? They just, they, they're going to label everything. They're going to la- label, like, Coastal Grandma. Like, okay, Mom, you and I both love I don't know a this. neutral sweater. Chunky, knit, neutral sweater vibe. Like, it's just... It's so chic, and I, I my entire going? personality <laughs> is based off of that, right? Well, Gen Z labels that coastal grandma, right? They've labeled that vibe. They label vibes. They label all of the pronouns, the queer community, the trans. Like every, Gen Z loves a label, and I think it helps to have a label because it does. You're able to kind of okay, you can understand it a little bit more, and it helps. But this is one area that Gen Z knows, like, no, 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 we don't have to label that. Nope. Like, this is one label that they've been (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, no, we love a label so much, but even this label is too much for us. Like, the alcoholic label, (laughs) no, done. We reject it. 
Yeah, it's such a damning label. It's so damning to say you have to say you're an alcoholic. I mean, it's just the worst. I mean, but also for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it keeps people from doing it. I just don't understand. People could go 30 years without drinking, and yet they're still declaring themselves an alcoholic. Like, that sounds like hell. Center stage in their life. Right. Yeah. Like, it's that backpack, right? You're just, like, wearing... If you have found power in that, if that, you know, like I know some people who really like they identify with it and that gives them strength kind of as a, a reminder, a touchstone, which I understand. I just, for me, um, I have never, ever wanted to label myself that. But I want to talk about, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, yes, holy shit, I was caught up in mommy wine culture. And now I think my mom is caught up in grandma wine culture or in baby mm -hmm. boomer binge drinking. What do I do? Because especially if you are sober curious, if you are doing the examining, if you have done the hard work of looking at alcohol and what it's taken and how it's tricked you and you've found freedom, but your mom is not and doesn't want to and all of that. So mom, what do you think? Well, I think this is the perfect place for really, really firm boundaries, right? Because you're not going to talk her into anything she doesn't want to do, but you can absolutely refuse to allow her to watch the kids alone. I had a client and she struggled so much with her alcohol that her, um, her son and his wife they just wouldn't ever let her drive with the kids ever before that, you know, she would pick the kids up from school. Very helpful. She was so helpful, but they discovered how much she was drinking. And so, and she could never just go get them and bring them home for the weekend. I mean, they just really put yeah. very clear boundaries in there. We love you. You can come visit the kids. And so just not allowing her to be the one to take care of the kids which sounds really great and really smart, but holy shit, now you have lost someone that you may have yes. relied on to watch your kids. It's heartbreaking on so many levels, right? There's guilt, right? Like, oh, well, I'm keeping my mom from having a relationship with my kids. That is not a fact, but that's a feeling. Feelings are not facts, as mom always says, right? But right. that's understandable yeah. to feel. And also my village, mm -hmm. like – my village. I'm supposed to be able to rely on, I can't do this alone. I need help. And now the person who is supposed to help me and who was helping me, I can't count on her. I just think that we have to make space for, yeah, moms to feel really sad because it is sad. It's sad for everybody. Yeah. And you're really grieving the relationship and, you know, we've talked about like what to do if your partner still drinks, but we know that you can't talk anybody into doing something that they're not interested in doing, for instance, quitting. Mm -mm. But you can, I mean, it's such a clear space for a boundary. If you're drinking, you can't be with the kids. Yeah. You can come over. Yeah. And if you're going to drink, mm -hmm. okay. Then we get into the whole question of what do you say to the kids when they see grandma's really drunk? And we talk about this in the group. And, and what do you say? Yeah, what do you say to even a two-year-old, three-year-old? What do you say? You tell the truth. 
And you don't just say, oh, grandma's acting silly, isn't she? No. And, and you know, you don't have to do it there. There's no humiliating grandma. But kids know when adults are acting differently. They know it and it feels yeah. really unsafe and scary. And so to honor that in your child and have them really trust their instinct, which is spot on, yes. and to say, did that feel scary when grandma was here last night? And did you notice something different? And then the kid would say, yeah, she, was, she wasn't talking like grandma normally talks. Or she, why did she fall asleep during dinner? Or what did she fall, right? Yeah. You say, well, it's because grandma was drinking alcohol. And I think even just hearing that, you might bristle and be like, oh. But if we're not honest with our kids, we're doing them a huge disservice in, on so many levels. Yes. And it's so important for a kid to know they can trust what they see because that's so damaging to a kid. Oh yeah. What you're seeing isn't really true. You know, that's so bad for a kid and you don't have right. to badmouth your mom. You don't have to go on and on, but to be able to say, this is why I don't drink because when people drink, they, they are not like themselves. And you can see what happened with grandma when she drank too much. And so, so that's, we love grandma and that's why we don't do that. And, you know, the pushback, I can hear it already because it's come up in the group is like, well, I don't want to vilify alcohol. And here's what I say to that. You are telling the truth. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Right. You're telling the truth. And if Gen X is any indication of what happens when we don't tell the truth about alcohol and when, we, when we're not honest about alcohol, how dangerous it is that it's addictive and that it's a drug. I mean, my generation, we were binge drinkers. I, I binge drank my way through college in my 20s, right? Because I didn't know that. We were never taught right. about alcohol. Right. You were talking about drugs. Drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah. And like, it's okay right, to right. say, I mean, you're not going to say it in these terms, but you're going to say, you see grandma over there? Well, that's your brain on alcohol. So <laughs> there you go. There you go, kid. Yeah. Here's don't, the egg in the pan is your, like is your brain on drugs. And that grandma over there is your brain on alcohol. So you make the call. <laughs> but it's true. Like you're not, you're not going on and on. Like if you ever touch it, it would be so bad. You're just telling the truth. And they are seeing the truth right in front of them. And so you're validating that what they're seeing is actually what they're seeing. Yes. And you can even be a little scientific about it, like uh, like for a 12-year-old kid or something. It's like, do you see how grandma sort of was weaving and not walking straight? What happens is alcohol affects the part of our brain that affects balance. And so she can't motivate well or the or slurring speech. All of that is alcohol affecting our brain and the parts of our brain that manage all of these things. And so that's why mom doesn't drink. You know, even coming back to our own stories and we hear about from moms being like, oh, I just have so much shame when my daughter had to hold my hair back, right? When I was drinking or yeah. like I've heard that more than a couple of times. And it, to say like my body was poisoned and my body was getting rid of alcohol because it's a poison. Like that's what was happening. We need to really, really get real about what's happening when we drink alcohol. Right, right. And we can say those things to 
the grandma also, you know, like, mom, I, you know, yeah. I've stopped drinking because I know how bad it is for me. And I would love it if you would stop or at least stop when you're with us. You know, your choices are your choices, but I love you. And in order to keep the kids safe, I just feel like, you know, I have to put this very clear boundary. And that's the thing about setting boundaries anyway, is we don't do it in an angry way. We just do it in a clear way. Yeah. And it's probably more of an ongoing thing too, right? I think that if you don't know what boundary to set, I think the driving, if your mom, parents, we're, we're specifically talking about grandmas, but grandpas too. There's grandpa wine culture too. (laughs) But I think if you haven't set a boundary and you know it's time, because you do know it's time when it's time, you know, I think the driving one probably is a conversation you want to have tomorrow, right? When you look at what's at stake and what is on the line, there's no conversation that you wouldn't have in order to protect your kids. And and that is one that I think should be, and I never say shoulds. We never say shoulds on here, but that is one that should be at the top of the list. Yeah. And actually, even regarding their own safety, right? So not just, yes. I don't want the kids to ride with you, but mom, and as the assessor for the intoxicated driver stuff, I've seen so many tragic stories of people in their 60s. One guy, I just did uh, an assessment. He got a crash and killed his best friend. He was in prison then for 20 years. And so it's not just, I don't want you to put my kids in harm's way, but don't get in a car, period, if you've been drinking, mom. And that's another thing that I think that baby boomers are probably behind on because that law was not always there, right? Like you and dad talked all the time about like getting in the Corvette and drinking while you drive and we're rolling around in the back or whatever. It just wasn't, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. I, I remember one time your dad and I were driving with another couple and we were just all totally drunk and we came upon a crash and Mm, so mm. we got out we stopped got our drunken selves out of our car went to help the people who had been in the crash and it wasn't life-threatening but there was pretty gruesome and I remember helping one guy I was all covered in blood and then the cops came and then they said okay thanks and they put everybody in the the ambulance and they just goodbye to us and so you know two things first of all i'm covered with some stranger's blood right. and nobody gave it another thought yeah and then the cops just told us to just thanks a lot and then we all drove away cuz it our wasn't illegal state. right no it, so it would have been in the early 70s because it was before we had kids and you hear often about yeah you know, well joe you're a little drunk tonight so you should take it easy on your way home so, yes, it was a very different culture when we were at the point when we first started drinking. It was Mothers Against Drunk Driving, right? That really, That's hey, right. talk about moms making moms making a difference, guys. If, That's <laughs> right. Especially when our kids' safety is on the line, there's nothing we can't do. And so that was in, yeah, so MAD was founded and incorporated in 1980. But I don't think it, it didn't roll out nationwide for a while, right? Right. It didn't have an impact right away. Right. Okay. But then they changed the law. They made it so that drunk driving was illegal. And before that, it was not. Like anytime I see like, well, we've been drinking, you know, Jesus drank wine. And it was like, are, oh, do you yeah. think that we don't like evolve as a society? 
Like, of course we do. Right. You know, like doctors right. used to smoke cigarettes in the hospitals. And like now we look at that right. like, holy shit. But, you know, you guys often talk in the groups about drinking. It has a potential to go the way of cigarettes where everybody yeah. was smoking in the 50s. And, you know, even the trainings that I had in the early 2000s, a lot of the training videos of therapy had the therapist sitting there smoking. And so that was only 25 <laughs> years ago. You know, right. Like, look at how far we've come. Yes, indeedy. I really wanted to do this episode because I, as with everything, I just want to start talking about it. Like, let's start talking about grandma wine culture. And if you think that you are alone in your mom drinking too much and being afraid to leave your kids with her or being like, you are not, you're not alone. We'll do a topic meeting about this in the Sober Mom Life Cafe. So. If you're not a member, come on over. We have many meetings throughout the week where you get to connect and we talk all about stuff like this. We get to say, yeah, I don't know what to say, guys. My mom's coming and she wants to take the kids to see the Nutcracker. And ah, I know she's going to drink there and I don't know what to say, right? And so we talk all about that. Yes. And I think one sort of shift in your thinking that's important to make is you don't want to embarrass your mom and you don't want to, you know, disappoint her. So you don't want to say anything that's understandable. But when you think about what is the risk and what are you protecting? Are you protecting your mom's feelings or are you protecting your children? Right. Like, are you a daughter or are you a mom? In that conversation, are you going to be a good daughter, a good obedient daughter who doesn't speak up? Or are you going to be a protective mom? Right. And really, if you think about it, you're protecting your children, but you're also, in some ways, protecting your mom, even if you just have a, an effect on even just a short period in her life where she's not drinking too much. Can't do it at my house, mom. Right. Yeah. Mom, thank you. Thank you for your beautiful insights. I always appreciate them. Oh. And I love you. And I'm so grateful for you and that I can leave my kids with you for three days. Okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm hey, out of here. Minute. I actually am out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, Good you luck. are out of here. You're going to New York. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Godspeed. Well, uh, thanks for <laughs> stay strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She got her hand on the doorknob. She's ready to roll. Yep. Well, thanks for having me. I love talking to you, and I'm always impressed with your wisdom. And I always love being with you. And come back from New York. <laughs> yes. Okay. I will. And if you guys want more of mom, uh, she hosts her own meetings. So come over to the Sober Mom Life Cafe and we will link it all in the show notes. Come and join us. It really is the most supportive and wonderful community on the internet. So come and join us. Oh, and rate and review the podcast too, if you like it. Yeah. And these women, they're just the best. They're the best, aren't they? They're the best. So totally the best. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye.
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.